Hi, and welcome to the teaser for Sunward Sky. What you're about to hear is a science fiction mystery story narrated by myself, Henry Nielsen. It's told chapter by chapter in each episode of the podcast in the style of a radio play or audiobook. If you're listening to this in the future, when there are several episodes or seasons out, you can skip this teaser episode and go straight to episode 1.1. It doesn't necessarily add anything to the story, it's just designed to set a scene for what's to come. However, if you like world building and want a picture of the kind of future that I envision for this story, please do listen in. Without further ado, let's get started. Episode 0.0 Prologue The crater was five miles in diameter, give or take. It was hard to tell from any vantage point you were likely to see it from with any detail. The central three miles were nearly featureless, a shock of white that shone with the blaze of a sun unencumbered by an ozone layer. What few features there were were going to be difficult to identify. Like veins in an eye, they jagged towards the center of the crater. They broke the ceramic reflectance with a deep grey and a harsh luminance that suggested high-performance glazing, stopping any outside heat from entering them. From within, it would be obvious that these were tunnels, semi-submerged railways and roads designed for transporting equipment and materials across the vast expanse without risking exposure to the outside sky. Within the pearlescent whiteness of the disk, at its centre, was a ring of char marks splaying out haphazardly from a raised square platform. A towering armature sat on either side of the platform, with various gantries, control rooms and construction equipment mounted around the edges. By locking, you couldn't know it, but the entire platform was unmanned. What couldn't be automated was controlled remotely, and what couldn't be controlled remotely was revised until it could be. No human had stepped on the outdoor area of this platform since its construction some 15 years earlier. In the centre of the two armatures, held in place by a series of interlocking cranes and clamps, there was a spaceship. It wasn't new, in fact it was likely to be scuttled or salvaged for scrap after a few more missions. It sat 120 metres high, with three enormous thrusters on each side. The central shaft of the spaceship appeared to be two cylinders that sat within one another. The central was smaller, more solid, and was connected by a series of interlocking arms to the outer section. The outer section was divided into three parts evenly, with the rocket boosters syncopated between them. In the centre of one of these, there was a series of giant letters, though there was nobody near enough to see them, and there rarely was. The habit of painting the names on ships was more used for tradition than identification these days. The letters were block and red sitting inset into a rhomboid painted the same colour. It stood out starkly in the blackness of the rest of the ship's detailing. It identified the ship. Sunward Sky. At the base of the ship, a robotic arm waited expectantly for the delivery it made to all of the maintenance transports on this platform. The delivery of the cargo was late. Silently, it sent a warning that the launch sequence was not occurring in order. A simple flag auto-queued through a piece of code that was barely above Hello World in its complexity, was sent through the tunnels. Under normal circumstances, it would have gone out of the crater into a control centre so sophisticated and so full of black box adaptive software that not even the original engineers could adequately describe its functionality any longer. This time, though, it was interrupted. 
Somewhere along the way, something picked up the digital signal. In an instant, it flipped a few ones to zeros, a few zeros to ones, and the warning flag that warned of potential sabotage became nothing more than a notification of an unscheduled delay. As the signal exited the launch platform, it went out beyond the ceramic disk. The ground was less immaculately kept here, shrubs grew with varying degrees of success, and the brown soil was dry and crumbly as it ascended the walls of the crater. At the top of the crater, overlooking it, was an operations centre. It was a hodgepodge of buildings, old petrol stations with abandoned fuel-powered vehicles rusting next to the disused pumps, reconfigured office buildings, warehouses of varying provenance, and even a few old brick and mortar houses. These were all linked together with an inelegant series of tunnels not dissimilar to the ones that had led out to the station. On the very edge of the crater was a much newer building than the rest. It was hundreds of metres long, and it stretched across the crater's lip with dark panes of glass staring gloomily into where the sunward sky lay dormant. Its gunmetal roof was pockmarked with solar panels and turbines, and it had a series of rigid steel shutters on large actuator assemblies, which were designed to close when a launch was imminent. It was inside this structure that Alyssa sat, back against the wall, eyes closed, waiting for the announcement for her shuttle to take her along the tracks to board the Sunward Sky. Thanks for tuning in. My name's Henry Nielsen, author and producer of Sunward Sky. If you want to get in contact, you can follow me on Twitter or Reddit by the handle Hunting Sunrise, or on Instagram at hunting underscore sunrise. If you like this story, consider picking up my ebook novella Eleanor's Mind, available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Again, thank you very much, and I hope you tune in again next time.